If you're a first or second time guest with this morning, uh, with us this morning or watching us on Facebook, we're really glad that you're here and watching. Uh, we are continuing a series called I Love My Church, and today is part three titled Love by Serving. We started out this series saying that the church was never meant to be like a restaurant. The church was never meant to be a place that offers you something. Not where you can come in with a menu and order something, and if you don't get exactly what you want, you're out of here. Right? It was meant to be based on relationships. Deep connection with people. We'll love the church when it's about relationships, not when it's like a restaurant. In other words, we'll love the church when it's about what can I do instead of what can I get. This is where we're getting it wrong today in 2017. We look at church for what they can do for me. And if they sing one more song than I would like them to sing, boom, we're gone. Because it's not what I ordered on the menu. Please hear me, folks. When you learn to love the church properly, you will receive blessings from that. You will. Tons of blessings. But don't go into it with the wrong motivation. We ask the question, is church just a place we feel we have to go or we want to go? That's a good question. Are you here because someone made you or because you just couldn't wait for Sunday to come? Think about that. Because I think if, if you feel like you have to be here, then there needs to be an adjustment in your spirit. Then in part two, two weeks ago, we talked about love and community. Did you, did you notice that Pastor Shelley uh, last week talked about community a lot in her message? She bounced right off of what we said, that we cannot be a true community if we're not allowing people to see the true us. Remember we talked about the front yards and the backyards? Remember that? The front yard is the part of us that everyone sees. The backyard is the part that we put fences up and we try to hide and keep secret. We said that Jesus tore down that fence between us and God so that we could have a relationship with him. And God wants us to tear down the walls and the fences that we have built up to keep people out of our lives. Angel was sharing that with you this morning. In order to have community, you can't have walls up. And it's the thing that we fear the most, vulnerability. We fear that the most, don't we? What will people think if they really knew me? We said that if we intentionally love our church, that means we must love each other. And loving each other is impossible to do behind fences. We need to start getting real with each other because confession is one thing that the Protestant church is going away from and that the Catholic church still has on us. Confessing our sins one to another, someone you can trust. Remember we talked about not everybody, you won't want everybody in your backyard, but a few that you can trust where you can share what you're struggling with. You need to allow people into your backyard. We ended part two by saying you really can't get to know someone from your church chair. You have to get in their yard to really know someone. And community is finding, a way, finding ways to encourage one another to, um, towards love and good deeds, right? And that goes beyond Sunday. You know, Sunday is really not a good place. Sunday morning is not the best place for connection and going deep with someone. Really, we're just here for an hour and a half. This is going to happen outside these walls, inviting you into their homes, into your homes, into your life, going on vacation with each other, sharing meals, going shopping. Now's a good time to invite somebody to go Christmas shopping and 
together you can put your brains together about what you're going to buy your pastor for Christmas? Listen, we're supposed to enjoy each other. And we're supposed to enjoy serving Jesus together. That's how you can fall in love with your church. For today, I want to look at how you can love your church by serving. And I want to open with a question that's not going to be on the screen, but we're going to bring it back up maybe later. But I just want you to be thinking about this question. What do superheroes and Christmas presents have to do with the church? What do superheroes and Christmas presents have to do with the church? That's the question I want to answer today as we continue the I Love My Church series. And the answer to this question for our church family is bigger than you can imagine. Superheroes and superpowers, right? When you were growing up, did you have a favorite superhero? Did you? How many had a favorite superhero growing up? What were they? Who, were, who was your favorite superhero? Wonder Woman? Captain America? Incredible Hulk? Batman? Batman? Flash? Any, nobody's going to say Superman. <laughs> Jerry. Jerry. Thank you, Jerry. I knew we were friends for a reason. My favorite was Superman, and to this day, I will sit and argue with you that your favorite superhero does not compare to Superman. Now, now listen. If you want, I can offend you in private sometime, but I don't want to do it publicly right now. Do you know that I actually started writing out all the reasons why Superman is better than all the other superheroes? And then I realized, I'm probably going to lose people over this. Because some of you take your superheroes way too seriously. So I just deleted it and I went back and I just said, listen, if you want me to offend you privately, let me know, we can talk. But I'm thinking Superman, in my mind, was the man. Okay, just my opinion. Even though I know that all the superheroes have their specific roles and powers, hint, 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 all the superheroes had their specific roles and their specific powers, hint, hint, and all of them working together creates an unstoppable force for the world, hint, hint. Now, you can say that this topic is all kid stuff, but look at how many people had a, a favorite hero and look at how many millions of dollars in profits they're making from superhero movies today and over the last couple years. There is something about superheroes that we are fascinated with. So I looked up the definition of superhero in the Webster's Dictionary and it said this, a superhero is a fictional hero having extraordinary or superhuman powers, an exceptionally skillful or successful person. However, I think, I think superheroes are more than just extraordinary superhuman people. In your notes. Superheroes, in my mind, are superheroes because they use their abilities within a specific event, circumstance, or place to help in a specific way. I hope you're thinking of you in God's eyes. Superheroes are superheroes because they use their abilities within a specific event, circumstance, or place to help in a specific way. 
Let me explain. And I don't want you to get caught up in the superhero that I'm going to talk about. I want you to think about how this represents the body of Christ. We need Thor to take care of space and time. We need Spider-Man to watch over New York City. We need Aquaman to rule in the waters and Superman to rule in the skies. We need Flash when we need something done quickly. We need Batman in the dark places of Gotham. We need the muscle of the Hulk, the imagination of the Green Lantern, and the tenacity of the Wolverine. And I was thinking with the Wolverine, we could use him to cut up vegetables sometime too. <laughs> and we need the technology of Iron Man. And we need Wonder Woman, so just really, this isn't Mother's Day, but you know, all the other superheroes I gave one attribute to, but Wonder Woman, we need her for her wisdom, courage, and her lasso of truth. Right? My point is this, it doesn't matter what the superpower is that someone may claim to have, whether it's flying, fighting, webbing, running, strength, or anything, if they aren't using the power in a specific event, circumstance, or place to help in a specific way, then they're just a normal, everyday person sitting on a couch. And that's what some of us have been doing for years. Sitting in a chair, in a church, not using the abilities God gave us. In other words, in your notes, having superpowers is one thing, but it takes action to make someone a hero. I don't know if you've noticed with the recent movies, but, you know, the Hulk seems to be the most frustrating guy to get to help out, right? He hides, they have to find him, and then, then he's just, he's, I don't know if it's just because he doesn't want to get angry and he just doesn't want to be the man because of destruction that he may bring. But he is really, I, don't, I get frustrated with him when I watch the movies. It's like, dude, they need your help. Just stop worrying about yourself and just turn green. <laughs> if you're a follower of Jesus, did you know that God has given you superpowers so that you can be a superhero? Now listen, I'm not saying that he wants you to be a superhero so that you can become famous and you can have movies made about you. Most of us in this room will never be known widely in the world because fame is not part of the equation in what makes a superhero. Jesus even said in Mark 10, 18, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Jesus wanted us to be careful on who we put our admiration and our all towards. Our admiration, our awe, our attention should be directed towards God. In fact, God, did you know, even intentionally chose servants who were not great, not admirable, and not heroic at all. Right? Twelve really great guys. So Paul writes about this in 1 Corinthians, and I want to share it with you. 1 Corinthians 1, 26-31. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influ influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. 
Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, the one who brags, brag about your God. Boast in the Lord. Mm. So I'm just saying, I just threw this in here just to make you understand that when we talk about superheroes, that Jesus isn't really about us being a superhero so that we can get attention. It's not about being a uh, superhero so that you can get praised for what you're doing for the church. A superhero is someone who uses their abilities within a specific event, circumstance, or place to help in a specific way so that you can then go and boast in the way the Lord is using you, not yourself. Don't boast in yourself. Okay? Now, with a, with a shooting contest, you know, hey, God gives us a pass. You know? I hung the targets up in the foyer just so you could see my shots. Where were you yesterday? I needed some competition. All right. In this context of what we read here, I want to point out three revelations on how you can love your church by being the hero that God has made you to be. Three revelations that, of how you can love your church by being the hero that God made you to be. Here's the first one. First revelation is you have superpowers. You have spiritual gifts. In 1 Corinthians 12, the Apostle Paul lists all the spiritual gifts that God gives to people, his children. But before he does, this is what he says in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone. Everybody say, and in everyone. And in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, say each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The part I want to focus in on is the last part of verse 6. God works all things in all persons, meaning God empowers gifts in all of his followers. God gives each and every one of his followers at least one spiritual gift, and in some of us, Several, more than one, in your notes. A spiritual gift is a Holy Spirit-empowered ability. Now remember, we're powered by the Holy Spirit, not ourselves. That is, giving, that is given to us, not for us, but to serve others. That's what keeps us away from the fame. We're given gifts to help somebody else. I know you get sick of me hearing saying this, there's two things. It's, it always comes back to love, and it's never about you. I know you get sick of hearing that. God wants a relationship with you, so it is about you to an extent, but what he has given you, what he's blessed you with, even if it's financial, is technically for someone else. So, if you want to write out a check today, it's L-U-T-C-H-E-R, Mark. Just kidding. I don't want your money. In a way, it's a spiritual superpower given to you to use in a specific place or a circumstance to help someone in a specific way. Some of these possible gifts could be exhortation, giving, leadership, mercy, service, teaching, administration, discernment, faith, helps, knowledge, and wisdom. And when you become a member here at Light and Life, we have you take a spiritual gift test. That helps us to steer you in the right direction of what ministry to get involved in. Of course, you don't have to be a member to take one of those tests. So if you're interested in finding out what your gift is, talk to me afterwards. 
I think we're working on getting a new gift tax, but for now, until that happens, we have an older one that's a um, little outdated, but it works. Almost every time someone has taken a test, I always write down what I think their gift is going to be, and it always lands in one of the top three gifts. Because only the people that I know that I can do that with. And we'll get to that in a minute. So two things to remember about spiritual gifts. Number one is God is the one who picked your gift. God is the one who created you with a gift or several gifts. In his infinite wisdom, love, care, and power, he knew exactly which gift you would need. Isn't that cool? And which gifts were best suited for your personality that he created. So, don't waste your time being jealous of someone else's gift. Because you have your own personal, special, precious gift created by God for you. So stop looking at someone else's gift and being jealous when you should be spending time developing your own. Mm -hmm. Just think. God blessed you and entrusted you with the specific ability to make a difference in this community and in the world. By the way, when I talk about community for the rest of this sermon, I am talking about Dubois, but I'm also talking about the community of this church. And the second thing that you need to remember about spiritual gifts is that it's powered by the Spirit. It is not in your strength that those gifts will shine. It is when you connect yourself through reading the Bible, praying, coming to church, being involved, having your you know, worship time. By the way, I, I feel like I need to, if you were here last week, um, Dr. Shelley didn't finish her thought when she said that doing devotions is like going to McDonald's. Do you remember when she said that? And she never finished her thought. But those of us at the conference knew what she meant. That doing your devotions is like going to McDonald's. It's, 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 yes, it's, it's, it's like fast food. You do it fast, you get it over in 15 minutes, and you go to work. But re really connecting with God and really being fed by God is when you set some time aside to actually read your Bible and ask God to bring revelation to what you're reading. And not just reading one verse and then a little story and then be, just so you can check the box that you're done. Right? You understand? So it's like fast food. It's not uh, enough nutrition for you. God wants us to go deep into the word of God on our own and spending some time asking him to reveal things to us through our own reading. Okay? That's what she meant by that. So it wasn't putting anybody down that does devotions. They're a good thing. Um, but... But I really think, and I know I can prove it scripturally, that we need to go deeper than that. Deeper than just checking a box every morning. But just let's not forget, our gifts are powered by the Spirit. So the thing to realize is that there are a lot of good teachers out there. Some are even pretty amazing. But there's a difference between great teaching and teaching that is powered and powered by the Spirit. One is displaying natural ability which, by the way, is God-given. Some people are just natural teachers, natural speakers, natural whatever, youth workers. They're just natural at it. That is God-given. But there's something when that ability is inspired by the power of the Spirit of God. Something else happens, almost supernatural. And you'll know who they are because you don't just receive information from them. Your spirit is moved by the spirit that is in them. And you will know that God, it is God who's speaking through them. 
You will know that they are being led by the Spirit, guided by the Spirit, powered by the Spirit, supported by the Spirit, and sustained by the Spirit. And that's incredibly different than just being a good teacher. See, that's what the world claimed that Jesus was, was just a good teacher. Oh, my word, were they wrong. He was supernatural. Right? Now, I know that those of you that attended the Inner Healing Conference, you know what I'm talking about. Because when people tell you things about you that only you and God know, come on, you know that's powered by the Spirit. And, and if you were here, people were walking around the room prophesying into your life things that no one knew but you and God. It's amazing, isn't it? It's awesome. That's when you know you've run into somebody that's being powered by the Spirit. And they're not just using natural ability. Think of it like this. Would you rather get punched by Mike Tyson or Superman? I choose neither one. Um, but when Mike Tyson throws a punch, it's going to be powerful and it's going to hurt. You know why? Because he has natural talent. But when Superman throws a punch, it's going to hurt way more. You're probably going to end up a couple miles away. Okay? Why? Because there's more than natural ability going on in Superman. There's something supernatural happening. Everyone in this room has been given an amazing ability to be used by God. That is incredibly exciting. I hope that is for you. But it also might be slightly confusing because the natural question is, what are my gifts? So here are three ways that you can discover what your gifts are. Three ways. One, experiment in serving. Get involved in church somewhere. And start experimenting. If you're not sure where your gifts would fit, then talk to me. Take a gift test or try out a ministry for a month or two. After that, you can ask how it's going. You can ask the leader how it's going. If you're both ecstatic and you're jumping up and down like Katie and I do in the morning and you dance in a circle because it's going so well, then stay in that ministry. If one of you or both of you feel it's just not your area, then don't be discouraged. You can just move on to something else. And we'll keep plugging you in until you find your niche. The big thing is this. Where do I see results? Specifically, where do I see results of impacting people for Jesus? Where am I seeing results? If you're gifted in a specific way, then it's going to bring people to Jesus. Help people in their relationship with Jesus. Show people Jesus. Maybe we need to ask ourselves, when is the last time that through my life, Jesus was revealed through me. When's the last time I led somebody to the Lord? When's the last time somebody made a life-changing decision because of a talk that they had with me about what God's doing in my life? I bet, uh, I bet a majority of the people in the room can say, I can't even remember the last time. That's a problem. Because we're supposed to be infecting the world, not having the world infect us. We're supposed to be impacting People. We're supposed to be seeing results of our walk with Jesus on the people in our circle of influence. Having given this suggestion, experiment and serving, I don't think we can separate the next two from that. Ask others. If you want to find out what your gifts are, ask others. Ask specific people who know you, people you trust, people who love you and have seen God use you in certain ways in your family, in your work, or in the community. They may already know what areas you shine at and may be able to steer you in the right direction in the church. 
specific questions that I have that you could ask them. And I didn't put these on the screen, so just listen. These are questions you could ask somebody to find out what your gifts are. When you hear the different spiritual gifts, which ones come to mind when you think of me? I'm not saying they'll be right, but it's just a place to start. Another question is, what am I doing when you see Jesus in me or coming out of me? What specifically am I doing when you see Jesus in me or coming out of me? How is it that I make this community better? Remember, it's not about getting a big head or getting noticed. This is to help us to discover how God has gifted us. No one will know better than the people that you are in community with and serving with what your gifts are. And number three, it's really important, check your energy level. If you are already involved in a ministry, as you try different serving opportunities, ask yourself how you're feeling. If you're tired, if you dread going to that serving opportunity, or if you're not feeling a lot of passion, then whatever you're doing probably isn't something you're gifted in. Or it just may be the wrong atmosphere. Maybe it is your gifting, but the atmosphere there is just not something where your gift can really shine. And I can't really get into details because that means that whoever's leading that event probably isn't allowing you to really shine. So it doesn't necessarily mean it's not your gift or the group of people God's called you to. So we need to just have a talk if that's what you're feeling. But if you have the energy, if you have the passion, if you look forward to going, then that's probably a ministry that complements your gifting. So whatever your gift or giftings are, whatever your gifts are, they were supernaturally given to you by God. They are empowered by the Spirit, not for your own gain, but for the benefit of others. You are a superpower in the church, but you're not alone. The second revelation of how you can love your church to become the hero that God's made you to be is to understand that you have a superpower team, the church. You're not alone. The thing I love about the movie The Avengers is that it wasn't about one person. The Avengers were a team, a group. They couldn't meet the specific needs of the earth alone. They needed one another. And this is God's plan for you and for me as well. Listen to Romans 12. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, hallelujah, thank you, Lord, that we're not all the same, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts, according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy. And what I love what it says next. Prophesy at the level of your faith. Don't wait to be Gene Christian to prophesy. If you feel that your gift is prophesying, prophesy where you're at. Don't wait until you have life all figured out or you're perfect. Prophesy where you're at. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encouraged, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it with joy. Oh, joy, 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 down in my heart. <laughs> I 
I was actually going somewhere with that, but it didn't make sense after I sang it, so I'm not going to. <laughs> this, this passage complements 1 Corinthians 12. You and I, guys, exactly what Angel reminded us of in her, when she was doing the offering this morning, we need each other. We need each other. And here's the hard thing. That, here's the thing that might be hard to grasp, but we have to allow scriptures to guide us in this, and it's in your notes. This is hard, but your gift was not given to you for you. It wasn't. The Bible teaches that spiritual gifts were given to us, but for others. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, if you remember what we read, says that your gifts and my gifts were given for the common good of the group, of others, to build each other up, not tear each other down. Your gifts were given, you to, given to you to help others. They were given to you to serve others. They were given to you to benefit others. They were given for you and your, enjoy, uh, and your enjoyment. They weren't given for you and your enjoyment. They were given to benefit somebody else. Verses 4 and 5 in Romans 12 clearly states in your notes that by design, we don't all function the same way in our gifting. I came up with this saying because it's really, this is really heavy on my heart. Because people are different from us should not be a dividing factor. It was designed by God to be a connecting factor. And people annoy the crap out of us. And we leave churches over people. And they were there, put in our lives, to connect us together. Not to divide us. But when we're narcissistic and it's all about us, then we're going to be divided when somebody doesn't do exactly what we would have done. Listen, when you're, when, you're, when you're serving under a leader, they may not run that ministry like you would if you were the leader. But you're not the leader. The Bible says, submit. Unless they ask you to sin. Submit. Do you know how badly I was itching to get my own church, even though when I did, I cried in my office for three weeks because I was so scared. But at the time... I was itching to actually implement all the ideas that God was breathing in me. And that's the excitement that your teenagers have when they're rebelling against you because they want to leave the nest. Because they think they know it all and they're ready to be independent. Now, some of them do it way too early. But that's actually the way God created them. We don't want them in our basements till they're 40. God created them to want to go out on their own and live their life. It's good. The problem is teenagers don't handle that well in a healthy way. But even parents freak out and they feel rejected when God created them to be an adult and fly on their own. I hope my kids are listening this morning. Fly. <laughs> Abigail put her head down right away. She knew I was going there. No. You know, in reality, in today's society, it's way more expensive to live on your own than it was when I was a kid. So, you know, this where we're at in our society and the fact that it takes two people working to, to have a household run, I get it. Um, it's going to take a while. Our kids are probably going to be living with us a little bit longer, but that's no excuse. <laughs> Pack your bags because the day's coming, okay? <laughs> All right? All right. Can I just reiterate this? We are different, and that difference is supposed to connect us together closely and intimately, not divide us. So we need to get over ourselves when somebody's acting a way that we just think, I would never do that. Why do they continue to do that? 
We have different gifts because we need each other. Each member belongs to all the others. So your gifts aren't yours, they're mine. <laughs> but my gifts aren't mine, they're yours. This should be a lesson in humility and responsibility. Humility because the gift is not about us. Responsibility because God gifted you because he knew someone else would need help. As powerful as Thor was, because I would say perhaps Superman and Thor might be, perhaps Thor might be a little bit more powerful than Superman. Okay? I don't know. But Thor by himself, according to the movies, couldn't save the world on his own. He needed the rest of the Avengers. It's the same for the rest of all the superheroes. None of them could do it on their own. The truth of the matter is, God doesn't need any of us. But he chooses us and invites us into a relationship with him to be used by him. And he does that by bringing us together, mobilizing us together, teaming us up together, and using us together. So it's pretty obvious to the human eye that there's strength in numbers. Would you agree? But think about this. Numbers brought together by the hand of God and empowered by God. That's more than natural strength. That's supernatural strength. That's the type of power that can change a church for God. Change a neighborhood, change a nation, change the world. You've been given superpowers. You are part of a superpower team. But remember, to just have a power is not what makes a hero. What does it take? Action. Get off your duff and do something for your local church. The third revelation um, on how you can love your church by being the hero that God made you to be in your notes is this superpower team has a community and a city that's desperately in need. This church needs you, the neighborhood needs you, the community, the city needs you, not because they need you, but because they need God, right? And God in his wisdom and plan has decided that he would empower us with our ability to serve one another and the world around us. We have a children's ministry that needs people to model Jesus to our children. We have a teen ministry that needs people to model Jesus and befriend the teens and mentor them. That's a real, these are two critical stages. And it's two of the areas right now that we need the most help. We have young adults, couples, parents, grandparents, single parents, singles, men, women. They all need the gifts that God gave us to be put into action and into motion. And we have a city that needs you to put your gift into motion. If I were to be honest this morning, as the pastor of this church, plugging people into ministry has been one of our greatest weaknesses as a church. But you need to know that the leaders of this church have recognized that. We're working to fix it, and we're working things on in the, on the, in the background right now that, that's going to allow you to become more involved and connected as we reveal them. Okay? We've recognized it. We're fixing it. Get ready. I hope you're ready, because I don't think we're going to be in this building long. But for today, after the sermon time, I'm going to have all the ministry leaders in the back behind a table and there's going to be a sign-up sheet because we're going, to, they're going to, we're going to be asking for your help. We're going to, I want you to start to ask God right now about what area you can help in. 
Um, they're going to be sign-up sheets. You can get involved right now if you, if you feel God's asking you to. So you can just scan the tables back there and all the lists. The people that are sitting there now, like Daniel, you're going to have to move in a minute. Uh, when I close, I want all the leaders in, in that ministry to go and sit behind their li uh, list. So that way, if you have questions about what, what is the property team before you sign up, they will be there to answer any questions. But here's the list. These are the lists that are going to be in the back so that you can just start asking God right now. Children's ministry, there's nursery, there's teen ministry, worship team, media team, hospitality team, intercessory prayer, property team, and that's just the beginning because we're working on some major things in the background. So that's where you can start right now, just to say, God, how can I, what can I do to commit to serve my church on Sunday or Tuesday? Um, I think that's the only two days, or property team, or just really seven days a week. What can I do to get involved? Do you understand that the people that are involved now are getting a little weary because they're having to be down in the nursery way too many Sundays. But if we just have five people today sign up for nursery, you would probably only have to serve once every two months. So you're not going to miss everything that's going up here, but it does take sacrifice and commitment. Um, the leader of the ministry is just going to take your name and cell number. Uh, Pastor Josh and I are going to meet with the leaders. We're going to discuss whether that specific ministry needs training. Obviously, for the teen ministry and the children's ministry, you need your clearances. Um, but they will contact you, um, and they'll get you started in serving uh, the church that you love. You know, you know, some of you are wearing the shirt. Let's put that love to action. Stop just telling the neighborhood how much you love your church. Let's put it to action today. There's no pressure. Nobody's going to make you sign up. I'm just trying to be your biggest cheerleader and saying, stop sitting in the chair and doing nothing. You are a superhero who has been given unbelievable supernatural gifts. Put them to use. Can you imagine what our church would be like if everyone in this place right now, not even counting the people that aren't here today, started flowing in their gifts? Can you imagine how this would change the atmosphere of this place? Can you imagine what our community would be like, what the city would be like? If we were all serving in the ways that God uh, has given us, in the gifts that he's given us, if we started utilizing it. I want you to think about that, imagine. And then let's go back to our initial question to close this out. What do superheroes and Christmas presents have to do with church? That's what I opened with. In your notes. If you are a follower of Jesus who is not utilizing the spiritual gifts that God has given you for the betterment of the church and the community then you are like a Christmas present that's been ignored and unopened. You're walking up to, can you imagine your kid walking up to the Christmas tree on Christmas morning, shrugging his shoulders and going, eh, I'm going back to bed. Can you imagine that? Would you have done that when you were a kid? No, some of you went down at 3 a.m. and started without your parents. <laughs> you, little, you little rebellious people, you. Can you imagine just going, eh, I'm not really excited about gifts. I'm going back to bed. That's what some of you are doing with your gift. So here's my final question. You ready? Hone in on this one because this is a big one. This is the one you need to write in your notes. Why did God give you to this church? Why did God bless us with you? It wasn't just so you could stare at me on Sunday. It wasn't just so I could read the Bible for you. It wasn't so that I could just be in charge of, I'd love to hand off all the ministries to somebody and let them run with that so I can focus on someone, something else. 
You see, most of the time we ask the wrong question. What can I get out of church? No, the right question is, why did God give this community the gift of you? You're a gift to us, but most of you are unopened. It's scary. Some of you, I just see so much potential in you, and it would be scary when God opens that gift or you allow God to open that gift. It's going to be crazy. Teresa Atwell walked away from me Sunday, last Sunday. Uh, can I share? Yeah, I'm going to. You can just be offended at me anyways. You remember what Pastor Shelley talked about, 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 about burying your treasure? She said, I just want you to know, Pastor, I'm, I'm unburying my treasure. And she walked away, and I went, yes. And Jerry was standing next to me. He goes, what, what's that? what does that all mean? I go, you just watch. You just watch what God's going to do through that woman for the kingdom. Hallelujah. It is scary, Jerry. Scary. Because basically what she did is she admitted to me at that moment that some hurt and pain from the past caused her to bury her gift. And she just dug it up and she's now going to offer it back to Jesus. You have no idea what this woman is capable of. And along with her husband, that team, ow! And now Tina, their friend, who was just set free. I've heard some amazing things from you having dinner with Shelly. Like, she was, Tina came into the conference and didn't even talk, and now she's like, so watch out, folks. Some of you have allowed the enemy to tell you that you have nothing to offer, and you better just sit down and shut up and wait until you're perfect. We're not one of those churches. Yes, there's a standard for leadership, a higher standard, but you can get involved today right where you're at. Don't be an unopened gift. Okay? I can't speak for you, but I know for myself that I want to be a hero for Jesus. Jen Marsicko is going to come. Every week we're going to have somebody share about why they love their church. When she gets to the microphone, I want you to say, Jen, why do you love your church? One, two... Three. <laughs> All right, we're going to try not cry. <laughs> it's funny how this works out because a couple weeks ago, Pastor Mark asked me to share, and I had to say no because I was teaching children's church. <laughs> funny how today, how he said, how what he preached on is why I love my church, and it's you guys and your gifts that showed me what it's like to be loved. This is where I learned that I am a child of God. This is where the gifts, I heard God for the first time, and this is where I walk out of here with no makeup and goosebumps every week. <laughs> it's because of your gifts that I can see all that stuff, and because of what you showed me, it makes me want to serve my church even more and give back what you guys have given me. And after today, I, was, I had a long, long list that I was going to say, this is what I love, and this is what I love, the hugs, everything else, but gifts today. I'm a testimony of you guys' gifts because of what you showed me. It's why I'm here today. I love you guys. Amen. She's got way more to tell you about. So she volunteered after church. This is what I love. We needed somebody to drive the team to Pittsburgh, and she volunteered after church. So she gave up her entire Sunday afternoon to take the team down. And from what I heard, 
she got wrecked while she was driving. Because <laughs> this team doesn't just let you drive them to the airport. Man, we're so blessed to have you, Jen. Can't wait to see what God's going to do. He's just beginning a work. She has a Catholic background. She came in here with a Catholic background and all of a sudden realized, I've known about Jesus, but I never had a relationship with him. I'd like to start that to see what that means. Bam. Boop. Let's take out our connection cards. I really hope you're not going to give in to the lies of the enemy that's in your head right now. Because I know how he works. You're not good enough. You need to wait. I hope my leaders come to me after today and say, oh my word, there wasn't even enough spaces on the sheet. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I don't want everybody to sign up for the hospitality team because that's the easy one. I want you to ask God because the youth ministry could really use some help. Children's church could always use some help. Nursery could always use some help. Just ask, where can I serve? And if you can't serve once a month, just tell the leader you can only serve once every three months and they'll plug you in. Remember what I said in the beginning of this series. Your presence changes the atmosphere. Just by you sitting here on Sunday changes the atmosphere. Maybe you're here today and you never started a relationship with Jesus. You can do that and just ask God to forgive you of your past. Invite him in and he's inviting you into his family, but you need to trust him with your life. The prayer is just the beginning. I hope you heard that last week with uh, Dr. Shelley's message. It's really an invitation to a journey of holiness and sanctification. Maybe you're here and you just fell away from the Lord and you just want to, you know, maybe you came in here with some hurts from a past church or churches and you think, this is my home, I found my home. And you just have to renew your relationship with the Lord and get re-engaged in church activity. Re-engaged in the kingdom of God. Please don't ever think that a sermon like this is about Mark Lutcher. This is way bigger than me, folks. We don't need you. We want you. The church will go on. It's, it's been going on without you up to this point, And we're growing. We want you to join the superpower team that we have. We want to train you as a leader. We want to bring you up through the ranks. We want to send people out and start new churches and sister churches and satellite churches and campuses all over the area just like Tri-County Church is doing. Look at box number three. To put the love that I have for my local church in action by signing up today and serving in a current ministry. If you're already serving, you don't need to go back there and sign up. We're just asking for the people that haven't signed up yet. And then there's box number four. Just in case you're wondering what your gift is, that you will begin to explore what your gifts may be. By seeking God, ask him to show you, or ask someone else who knows you, or take a gift, gift test. Or get involved in a ministry and maybe that leader can work with you to figure out what your gifts are. Remember, if it doesn't work out, that's okay. Don't be discouraged. Step away from that ministry and just get plugged into another one and try that one. Please place those in the baskets on your way out. I hope everybody's participating in that. I hope you hear me, those of you that are regular attenders. 
Some of you, I still don't see your names on connection cards, so we're all participating. Amen? Let's stand. So remember what I said. I started out by saying that I think Superman's the greatest, but I hope you understand in the body of Christ there's not one great gift over the other. We are the Avengers. We need each other. We need your gift to work with my gift and my gift to work with someone else's gift. That's how we're going to change the atmosphere of this city. And I, for one, am not going to just settle for Tri-County Church changing the Tri-County area. We're, we're not competing with them. We are with them side by side. But I'm not just going to look at them and just go, well, they'll always be the big church, we'll always be the little... No, 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 no. No, let's join with them. And let's take every person in the Tri-County area to heaven with us. And it's going to take you getting off your chair and getting involved now in your local church and then find out what God's going to do from there into the community. Father, we just ask for some help this morning. Some of us are shy, scared. Some of us have buried our gifts. Father, we're asking that those people would just unbury their gifts, stop waiting to be perfect, have some courage and boldness, stop using the excuse that they don't have enough time to use their gift for the kingdom of God and get involved. Speak to them clearly, Lord, what ministry that they're to start with this morning. Give them the courage to write down their name and just begin the process. Father, I pray for all the leaders of the ministries and all the people that are involved now. Father, I ask that you would just pour out blessings on the people that have sacrificed so much of their time, so much of their talents, and I know for a fact their finances, personal finances going into their ministry, that you would bless them. And Father, bless the ones that are going to sign up today, that you would awaken them, awaken them to these new areas that they're going to start exploring uh, using their uh, supernatural abilities that you've, been given to, that you've given to them for your kingdom. Wow, today could be the day that we look back on and say, remember that day. Remember that day when the sheets were all full and something happened in our church. When people started serving instead of just telling people how much they love their church. They put their love in action. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys. With all of my heart, have a great week.